Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman, and I am a professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, and I am the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington. The Product Management Center, we leverage the interdisciplinary faculty we have here, the amazing students and alumni and proximity and connections to some of the leading tech companies here in Seattle. And we take all of that and use it to benefit everyone. Uh, We're out here to enrich the lives of diverse product managers and to empower diverse product managers to enrich the lives of diverse audiences through the products and services that they prioritize and create. And we are here every single week, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. on Clubhouse, having conversations with some of the most innovative and most successful product managers in the business. And today, we have three product leaders who know each other quite well, from what I understand. We are going to talk about mentorship. We're going to talk about how to find a mentor, how to become a mentor, and how to make sure that relationship works for both mentees and mentors. And through that process, we're going to hear a little bit about a thriving product management community happening down in Houston, our neighbors way down to the south. So it's great to have everybody here. And I'm going to call on Wade first. Wade, why did you introduce this topic? Why do you think mentorship is important? And before you address that question, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hey, I'm Wade Pinder. I'm head of product at a company called Mainline, which does esports, uh, focusing on collegiate uh, esports tournaments, that type thing. I am co-founder of the Houston product community, along with Anna Maria, uh, we have on the call here, and was a mentor at Station Houston, which was kind of one of Houston's uh, incubator type things for startups and uh, talked mainly on product management there. I think mentoring you know, is very important. Why I brought this up as a topic, Samea, we know Samea, and, and I'm late to the game with Clubhouse because I'm on Android. But something I've, a theme I keep hearing up over and over again on the rooms I'm in is I can't find a mentor, or you're lucky you found a mentor, or, you know, how do I find a mentor? And just got me thinking about it and some of the relationships you know I've had over the years. And I'll be speaking or hope to speak a lot on why you should consider being a mentor for those in the room. All right. Thank you, Wade. Right, Wonderful you, to Wade. have you here. Great topic for the day. And then, of course, we're going to dive into a little bit about what you've done down in Houston, the three of you, building a lot of community that's helped people connect with mentors and mentees. Carol, going to put you on the spot next if you could share your journey in product. And also, I'm throwing a curveball at you. If you would give a shout out to either one mentor or one mentee who's shaped your life a little bit. Great. Okay. Well, hi, I'm Carol Tiger. I'm calling in from Oakland, California. I was born and raised in Houston, lived in Houston for a while, which is how I'm connected to Wade and Anna Maria. I'm the head of product at Vivante Health. It's a digital health app with a device, and we work on digestive health issues. I am hiring for a product manager, who, and so if you are looking, please reach out to me. My journey into product management started as a middle school math teacher. I went to graduate school, got a more technical graduate degree, and I ended up landing in a, as a marketing role at ZocDoc. And from marketing, I went into project management, and I eventually went into product management. And... To answer your question, Jeff, about a mentor that we can call out, you know, I didn't have an official or formal mentorship relationship with Wade, but Wade taught me how to be a great product manager and really connected the dots and showed me that so much of the work that I was already doing truly was product management. I remember one of my first conversations with Wade, he asked me what I thought about Agile and I told him I didn't know what it was. He described it to me and I said, oh, I thought that was just software development. And sometimes a mentor is just the right person that can connect the lingo and help you realize how much you actually already know. 
All right. Thanks for being on the spot there. And yeah, great use of a mentor of uh, kind of helping you find your inner strength. And speaking of mentors, I have to give a shout out and, and put Marty Burris on the spot who just entered in the room as a listener. She has done some fantastic mentoring, helping people unlock their superpowers and translate their skills as Wade did for Carol. And Marty has helped create $10 million in salaries by getting dozens of people into product management and together, we are launching the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, and our first session is tonight. So I'm giddy with excitement about this topic, and I'm giddy with excitement about what Marty has done and what we're going to do helping to create a more diverse and inclusive product management community, getting mentors and skills to people who are ready to go. Anyway, <laughs> aside from that little tangent, Anna Maria, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey in product, and a shout out to a mentor. Of course. So hey, everybody. Anna Maria here. So I've been in product roughly three years, and during these past three years, I just recently got promoted to manage an associate product manager and also digital products for Home Depot. That's where I met both Wade and Carol, and I can attribute a lot of my growth and development to both of them. When I was a complete newbie, I was actually shadowing Carol when I was an associate product manager. And then Wade was also part of the company, and he and I co-founded that community of practice here in Houston. But he has served so much as an inspiration to learn about product, how to be a great leader within product. And then lastly, during the pandemic, I also joined a startup a mobile app startup hoping to serve the relationship and dating market in India. So I've been working in product strategy there. And that's it. All right. Welcome. All roads lead to Wade. But Red, I bet you that Wade was not the mentor that shaped your path. Red, tell us a little bit about yourself, what that red circle means. And why don't you drop a shout out to a mentor? Wow. No pressure there. Well, first of all, for everyone who is listening Tonight, we are recording this as a way of making it more inclusive for anybody who could not attend. So that red dot means we are going to share this afterwards as part of our podcast, How to Succeed in Product Management in Spotify and Apple. I'm one of the founding team members, founding advisory board members for the Product Management Center at University of Washington. I love working with PMs and helping them. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And I have to say, who was my best mentor and still continues to be? Sappy answer, but my wife, Rachel. She is someone who is unbiased when she gives me an opinion and uh, really selflessly keeps my best interests in mind. So if you want to talk about how my best deals have ever been done or the best advice I've ever given to others, it's really just me just channeling my wife's energy. So I don't know if that's a, a first Jeff for you, a heart, uh, but a heartwarming, <laughs> heartwarming. Thank you, Red. I'm just glad at least that Wade wasn't also your mentor that shaped your life because that was going to start to get a little weird. <laughs> but Wade, speaking of all the praise that's been uh, heaped upon you, tell us a little bit about your secret. What is it that, that makes things work? Like for me, I never really had a mentor in product management. You know, I think there's like three types of mentors. There's like professional, you know, becoming a professional, like, you know, showing, knowing you have to show up at work on time and deliver on what you talk about and being engaged. And then, you know, a mentor for learning soft skills, people skills, and then a mentor for your craft. And while I did have mentors for, you know, the professional and the social aspects and people, people skills, I was the first product manager I knew. And that's part of what drove me to seek out other product managers in Houston. We're a little bit behind the ball, you know, behind the curve in the product management space. And, you know, I, I was go out into the community seeking out other product people and, you know, different agile events, different software development events. But I could never find a product owner or product manager. It took me about five years before I found that. And then slowly over time started, you know, collecting and connecting to other product managers. And I forgot the original question now. Sorry, I rambled on. No, I think that no, I that's think that, pretty good. That, so that's kind of driven you. You helped frame a little bit about the types of mentorship that people might need. And I'm curious if, Anna Maria, if you would share a little bit about what drove you. So Wade talked a little bit about why he wanted to pull together a community. What drove you to work with Wade to drive a community there in Houston among product managers? Yeah, absolutely. So you probably know this, you guys probably know this, but like we have a very neighboring city that's very thriving with technology. That's Austin. And Austin is definitely becoming like a booming city. And as part of that, we wanted to make sure that we're also empowering and uplifting Houston. So when I see Wade, and we were working at the time at the same company, when I saw Wade saying, hey, it'd be really great if we could uplift our community, I have this idea. And he, it all just starts with an idea. He's like, I have this idea. And he asked me, 
would you mind reminding me to talk about this? And then as soon as we started talking about it, I said, let's do it. Let's do it. So I just became, I think in a very organic way, the person that was kind of pushing him with the everyday activities, the logistics of like, hey, let's make this happen. And we had our first session right before the pandemic where we had roughly 100 people just, and we were calling it our, like our pilot, roughly 100 product owners, product professionals show up because they were curious to connect, share, and learn from one another. And then from there, we've just been taking off. All right. So there's a lot of overlap with the community building down in Houston and what the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington is trying to do, not just for Seattle, but for product managers all over the country. Carol, I want to turn to you. We've kind of heard Wade and Anna Maria talk about different types of mentors and building community and why you want to get people together. How does somebody go about finding a mentor for them, somebody willing to mentor them? Well, I'm glad you asked me this. I have a boilerplate answer that I think is really helpful. So this is something I did early on in my career, and I've done it everywhere I've worked since. So whenever I want to find a mentor, usually as a woman, what I do is I find a woman who is at the level of my manager. So not my manager, but someone who shares the same manager as my manager. And so... For example, in my company today, that would be someone else on the senior leadership team. In previous organizations, that would have been a director level in the marketing organization. I find this person and I I choose them based on the skills they have and something I think they can help me with. And I'll approach them very formally and I'll say, I'm wondering if you would be my mentor. I want to work on XYZ. I've noticed that you're very good at ABC and I hope to learn this from you. Would you be willing to spend one hour per month with me for six months working on this? So what you've done here is you've really established what your needs are, what you're trying to get out of it. You've given it a time box, one hour a month. is not a huge deal to commit to. You've limited the amount of commitment for only six months. And I'll say I've used that method to ask for mentorship three or four times, and every time it's worked very well. All right. I appreciate the specifics on that. Anna Maria, sorry to put you on the spot, but Carol gave a very good example of all the details that go into her request when she asks somebody to be a mentor. Have you seen some like opposite of that best practice, some things that you think people should avoid as they're going about trying to find a mentor? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what, what I find interesting is I hear if you say the word mentor, like this formally say, hey, will you be my mentor? I feel like that sends to be a bit of an awkward position if you don't follow up with activities. To me, with instead of being very specific, I try to go for a more organic and friendly approach where you have a situation where the person guiding you, person growing you also wins something in return of you learning from them. So I think there's this inevitable fulfillment where people like to see people thrive. So in terms of what I do that's not very formal is if they give you advice, come back and tell them how you did it once you executed it and start building that, building that in a more informal setting. And that's what's worked for me. Yeah, I love that. Wade, seems like you've got something to add to uh, finding a mentor and some of the best practices that somebody could do to find somebody who could help. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend work on your opening line, right? And because I do get this, you know, question a good bit. It's like, you just straight up, will you mentor me out from the blue? You know, and, you know, I, I have some thoughts too on mentors choosing mentees, but, you know, keep it in context with this. Like, that's a big commitment to ask somebody <laughs> kind of out of the blue, even if you think they'd be a great fit. Introductions help. But the key way to kind of engage with somebody you would love to have mentor you, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn, send the context of why you're connecting, you know, would love to learn this or that. Don't heap on the praise like you're so great and, you know, would love to learn from you. Just ask eventually, if not in the first time, ask for help with one particular thing you're struggling with, right? If you're dealing with a good product manager, they're empathetic by nature. And they will more than likely empathize with you. And if you start that position from, hey, I just have one particular thing I'm struggling with or wondering about, I was wondering if I could talk to you about it. All right. Everybody in the audience now has some best practices in that cold outreach, trying to get a mentor and also thinking about how you find that person. I want to add to this one thing that hasn't been mentioned, but what is really effective, I've seen people 
offer to help first. So instead of asking for mentorship, talking about how they want to give back to somebody or to a community, that's just one thing that also has worked well. I've, there's people who've just randomly offered to help and been very specific about how they could help. And I just intrinsically want to do anything I can to help them as well. Uh, Wade, you came off mute. Anything to add to that comment? Yeah, yeah. Just a real practical way with that is, you know, I, I always talk about adding value and adding value to your relationships, whether you're a mentor, mentee, or working in a business or whatever. But engage with that person where they are. You know, LinkedIn is a great way to, you know, when you think about like branding or your brand has to get out there seven times in front of somebody before they start to recognize it and everything, right? So if they write a post, if they write something, you know, don't just like it, but, you know, write a little comment about their insight as to what you received from an article that they shared or an idea that they posted or something or other. So do like a soft open before you even start asking them questions, maybe. Yeah. And then I want to give a quick shout out to... Saranch Jane, speaking of leading with service, he is now taking notes in the Product Management Center Slack channel. He has just been an amazing contributor to the Product Management Center community, and he is here on the Product Management Center Slack channel taking notes on what Carol, Anna Maria, and Wade are saying about mentorship. Red, I'm going to kick it to you real quick to just remind people of when they're going to be able to contribute to this conversation and how they can contribute on Slack. Absolutely. So first of all, if you have some questions that you'd like to ask, we'll be opening up the stage in about 15 minutes to do some Q&A. But if you really want to get a question out there, we have a Slack channel with almost, I believe, 800 product managers all willing to help each other. Jump on in there. And the only way to get access right now is to tweet me, hit me up via the back channel or LinkedIn me or fax me or carrier pigeon. I don't care. Find a way to get a hold of me, and I will give you access to the Slack channel so you can get the support you need and ask those questions from other PMs. Um, Jeff, back to you, but I do have to ask, if we're going to talk about mentees and how to get them to accept them, we should definitely open up the channel to how do you reject them without being awkward and losing that relationship forever? Ooh, Red, you just threw a curveball. Harold, <laughs> Anna Maria, or Wade, anybody want to take that? Yeah, I got some definite thoughts on that. Like I always position it with, hey, you know, person, you know, I don't really think of myself as a mentor. I'm just somebody who's willing to give an hour of my time as I can. And some of those have turned into, you know, year-long relationships and some of them have turned into a great conversation and a you know new LinkedIn connection. So I set that expectation up front, like, hey, I'm willing to talk to you for 30, you know, 60 minutes. I have kind of a brief outline or format that I kind of follow for that. But I always position it with this might be it. You know, there's no guarantee that this will go anywhere. And some people, when they reach out, it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have the bandwidth this week and uh, can't really commit to it. And usually the the full on no is when someone has asked a big thing of me, like, Hey, I am looking for that, you know, mentor can't find it. And there's no proximity to me, right? Location wise or industry wise. And it's like, I don't, you know, I I wouldn't know how to carry on this, you know, this type of relationship. So yeah, learning how to say no and setting up those boundaries. But I generally, I'd love to have a conversation with just about anybody. So I I started from there. You know, Wade, I'm just going to openly say, and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds a little bit like dating. And the friend zone. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. I haven't Don't make it weird, Red. Don't make it weird, Red. The friend zone. <laughs> or it's like you can do the Seattle no, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, how about Tuesday? And you're like, mm, maybe not Tuesday. And it just keeps getting pushed back. That's how things happen in Seattle. I wanted to welcome Marty Burris to the stage. She is, a, again, uh, leading the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator at the University of Washington based off of her work mentoring dozens of people from historically marginalized communities into their first product management role. And she has something to add to this conversation. Marty, welcome. Tell us quickly a little bit about yourself beyond what I've already plugged. What's up, Jeff? The only thing I would add is I also have a full-time job where I'm <laughs> church of product. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the only other thing. But um, yeah, my opinion on mentorship. So yeah, as you can imagine, dozens of people reach out to me a week to be mentored. Um, and one of the things that I did not realize, I, I have mentors too, but one of the things that I didn't realize when I was earlier in my career 
Because I used to think, you know, like, why is this person I want to mentor me saying no, right? And I would try all the tactics, like, why, you know. And one of the things that I realized is once you get to a point in your career, there are tons of people who want your help. And so just what I wanted to throw out there is think of it this way. A lot of times when people are saying no, they're not saying no to you. They're saying, I need my time back or something like that. Or um, you're the, the 10th person to ask today. Crap, if you had been maybe the ninth, I could have probably done it, right? So I just want to throw that out there. But for me, the way I say no right now is I qualify the ask. I try to get as much information as possible. So I'm like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Because people are like, oh, I just want to pick your brain. That's usually a sign to me that I can get out of this. <laughs> and when they get to the explicitness of it, a lot of times I'm not the best person. And so I send it over to somebody in my network who wants to be a mentor or who I've mentored. And that's been working pretty well for me. And I feel like people aren't getting too offended. Yeah, and that kind of ties into what Carol was saying about that initial email or outreach being very explicit about why that person, so that up front, if it's not you, then you could direct them to somebody who it is if your bandwidth isn't there. Anna Maria, do you have anything to add to this part of the conversation about how to say no or when to say no to a potential mentee as a mentor yourself? Yeah, the only the only thing that I thought was what Marty said, which is redirecting them to someone who would be best suited to help them. Perhaps if they're being very specific about the ask, then you know someone who's particularly strong in that and be like, it may not be as suited for you to help you in this particular era, but like, let me introduce you to someone who is. I think that often helps address the direct need without pulling on the full blow of like, not with my time, right? Yeah, it's pretty tricky, right? Because as product managers... You're all taught to ruthlessly prioritize. And so as much as you'd like to help everybody, it's a sad reality that sometimes we're not all in a position to do that. But we can help them just in different ways. Wade, what would you like to add to that part of the conversation? Yeah, I was talking from saying no, right? But one of the cool things about us starting the community of practice is that when we say no, we're like, well, hey, we have this gathering of about 70 product people a month. And once you come to that and we learn from one another there. So it's a great way to plug them in and a great way as a mentor to build your network and help people find other people that might be willing to help them. Yes. And that's what you're doing down with uh, the community of practice down in Houston. And that's what we're doing with the product management center here at the University of Washington. Red is ready and waiting for your carrier pigeon to arrive and he will get you an invitation to join the Slack channel. And then we're also trying to have more events to get brilliant product managers together because great things happen like you're hearing happen right here on stage as we exchange ideas. Anna Maria, I want to turn back to you if you don't mind. And I want to now put a mentor hat on. How do we find a mentee who will enrich our lives and give us an opportunity to enrich theirs? I think this has to do, and I think I love what Carol said at first when she reaches for a person that's similar to her, because I think as humans, we tend to gravitate to people who remind us of us or someone that you could very much connect with. So I think finding somebody that you connect with that you could see a little bit of yourself in finds uh, makes it a little bit more full, more enriching. Um, but I personally find the best type of connections and mentor-mentee relationships to be of the informal type, almost to the point where it doesn't, you don't even really realize that you're mentoring someone and that person's mentoring you, but you just realize that every time you want to catch up on a week-to-week basis to talk about what is going on in their life. Hey, is this something that you're struggling with or something that I can help you with? And it doesn't feel like there is no instruction. So I think in that manner, that is one of the better ways to make it feel good, where it feels really enriching. And in the community of practice, it's also somebody that can relate to the kind of problems that you are going through. If it's not someone that's similar to you, but someone that's going through similar problems or similar topics. So for the startup that I'm working with, um, it all had to do with like love, relationship, and dating. And I knew someone from the product community that was also whose husband was a relationship counselor. And we built a connection through that. Um, so through commonalities and similar problems. Carol, do you have anything to add to how a mentor could find a mentee that will enrich both the mentee and your own life? Well, I think, you know, there's a few things to think about the ways that 
the mentor could get fulfillment or enrichment. So ways that I've been fulfilled through a relationship like this are just experience of helping someone's life get better and creating opportunities for someone who might not have had an opportunity before. That's just the fulfillment you can get. But in other more transactional ways, I've actually had quite a bit of benefit from mentoring founders. So similar to Wade, I was a mentor at Station Houston, which had a lot of founders. And through that, I ended up getting consulting gigs working for some of these founders as their startups grew. And because I did some of these consulting gigs, I then grew a reputation throughout the startup community for being a good product person. And it helped me land a really great job. So even though it might be the relationship where you're taking the mentor and they're taking the mentee because you're a specialist in this field, it could turn out where they're creating jobs opportunities or introducing you to people or helping build your clout or build your recognition within a community to open opportunities for you later. And Wade, why don't you chime in a little bit too about uh, finding mentees that can enrich your lives and theirs? Yeah, I, uh, again, like I try to limit the first conversation with anybody's 30 to 60 minutes. I do think for sure, like Anna Marie was saying, those those type of things where you find some sort of personal connection, those are the ones that the relationship tends to last longer and you get more out of uh, over time. But say to people to be open, for example, like I um, have mentored a lot of people over the years in oil and gas, and I don't know much about the oil and gas industry, but we have a lot of it here in Houston, but I know product and could teach them that thing. What's happened with that is like all over five years, I've built a context around what's going on in what's like a third of our industry here in Houston. And I'm able to plug other people into other people there. And I learn things about scaling, right? They deal with real world physical infrastructure in a way that not a lot of other industries do. And, you know, I found when we got bought by a larger company and all of a sudden I had to deal with, you know, a lot of other things I hadn't had to deal with before, it was a great resource for, for me. And I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about kind of thing. So just stay open. But yeah, the the relationships that turn into something really long usually have some sort of personal, you know, there's some sort of personal connection there. I also find it that through ideation, so us as product people, we're constantly thinking of new and innovative ways to create features, to add features. So in our community of practice, if you tend to engage in ideation with people. I find that to be very fulfilling. And when you have a mentee-mentor relationship, um, if you guys get into the ideation space, I think both people benefit from it and it becomes a very enriching relationship. For the three of us, that was actually a big thing. We were co-located in the same office and we had tons of white space. (laughs) We did a lot of ideation around different things. We'd pull each other into different features we were working on or projects we were working on. All right. So for those just joining us, we are talking about mentorship and we've talked about how mentees can find mentors. We've talked about the benefit of the mentor and mentee relationship to both the mentees and the mentors. And we've talked about how mentors can find mentees. And so I guess my last question on this topic before we get to audience questions, we have Marty Burris on stage. Again, she's a director of product at Salesforce and we are working together uh, with a goal to empower 100 early career professionals. I'm hearing now maybe mid-career professionals is the right term for it. Uh, But 100 people from historically marginalized communities get their first product management role. Marty's been doing mentorship work for years before this. Marty, how do you decide uh, whether to take somebody on as a mentee? Ooh, that's a good question, Jeff. So today, the way I decide, there's a couple of things. One, you can't beat genuine connection. If I talk to you and we're just connecting, it feels more like a friend than anything. Absolutely. And then that also goes with kind of like uh, seeing like natural talent, right? You just see someone who's just good. You're just like, you almost see yourself in them, right? And you naturally gravitate. And again, the same thing. And less kind of like, passionate, I guess is the right word, passionate exchanges, where maybe it's a more of a code exchange and someone's asking me and I'm trying to decide whether or not I want a mentor. Typically it's how they ask and what they need from me. So if you are asking, if you're very explicit in your ask, like you want to meet at a certain time, you know exactly how I can uniquely help you. That's the big thing. How can I help you? How, you know, there's a million people in product, you know, how come it can't be one of them? Why does it need to be me? What is it about my background, my story, or my specialties that 
resonate with you and you feel like I'm the one, when they can be really clear and articulating that, that's usually somebody that I try to help and, and take on. All right. Thank you. And just a quick acknowledgement, Starbucks is generously sponsoring this inclusive product management accelerator program. Starbucks has made public commitments to improving the diversity of their corporate office. They are growing their product teams and they are looking to make a splash to reach diverse talent. And so if you're out there listening and you're wondering whether Starbucks could be good for you, I'd consider it. I'm grateful that they are investing in creating inclusive spaces for diverse talent to thrive and very appreciative of their supporting our expanding and diversifying the talent pipeline with the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. Now it's time for me to turn to Red. He he has waited three long weeks for his moment in the sun. Every time I tell him that it's his moment in the sun, he gets a little bashful. But we've missed you, Red, so let that red shine. Tell us about that red circle and how people can get involved in this conversation live or via Slack. Absolutely, Jeff. So for everyone who's curious or has questions or Dare I say, if you want to get on stage and see if anyone here would like to be your mentor and practice some of those things that you were just taught, well, raise your hand. At the bottom of the screen, there's a little hand on top of a notebook. Whoever did UX design assumed that that would obviously imply that's raising your hand. So if you are someone who is interested on getting on stage, just click that button down there. If you are bashful or shy, that's totally fine. There's a Slack channel as well where you can ask questions for in events and We'll ask them on your behalf. And then, of course, for anyone who is not here and you are listening to this recording, that's what that red dot means, and you want to follow up and still ask this question even after the event is done, that's cool too because all these amazing mentors are in that Slack and ready to help. Whether or not they're going to be your mentor, well, you got to prove you listened by trying some of those tactics. So with that in mind, I'm going to start inviting folks on stage. I just have one rule. Please have a photo of yourself. And as Jeff knows... We really want you to be someone who's a product manager or at least running a business. If you're, I don't know, a health coach, this might not be the best stage for you to ask questions about mentorship. Jeff, I think that was fair. That was clean, hopefully. You know, we let a pro tennis, all he had in his bio was that he is either a pro tennis player or division (laughs) one tennis player. And it was magic. Sometimes you just got to open your heart a little bit, Red, to those who are not in product management or have anything to do with it in their bio. Fair. Well, while we're waiting for people to come up on stage, I think it would be helpful to introduce one more question just to prime the pumps. And then everybody will start coming up on stage for questions. Excellent. Thank you, Red. So Red's going to manage the stage. But my question for Carol, actually, all three of you, if you could give us one bullet point takeaway of what you could do as a mentor uh, to make sure that the relationship runs smoothly. So one bullet point takeaway, rapid fire before we get to the stage. One thing that's really good to start off conversation, sorry, Wade, I'm taking this from you, is when you start off the mentorship conversation every time with what are you hoping to get out of this session? And whenever you start off conversations that way, it makes sure that the person is really setting the stage for what they're hoping to learn from you. And you can get right to that valuable conversation. Anna Maria? It's it's funny because I was thinking again back to product management skills, thinking through empathy and active listening when it comes to your mentee-mentor relationship. Because sometimes they may not even know what they're trying to come across through. So it's just like actively listening to them, being empathetic of where they currently stand, and then asking probing questions can help them have insightful moments. And I think that can help them start the relationship and maintain it in a good place. Uh, Yeah, My advice is um, 33% of the conversation is listening to what the mentee has to say. Then 33% of probing, questioning, your who, what, why, when, where, how, you know, and, and kind of getting to uh, a root cause or root problem or root thing, and then sharing from your experiences and your failures and um, basically give what you would consider, here's the three ways I might play that, and here's the one I would probably do and why, what are you going to do? And then the 1% remaining always ask, did you have a burning question that you were hoping to ask me? that you didn't get to today. All right. Speaking of burning questions, what are yours, Red? Where are the people with the questions? You know, I got to tell you, I've been off for three weeks and either Clubhouse has changed their algorithm or we just have really shy people out there. So I'm going to up the ante here, okay? If you're someone out there who's contemplating asking a question, by jumping on stage, you now have a much better chance of getting a mentor in the product management space. 
So if yes. you're someone who's out there who has a question, this actually is in my history working with Jeff, it's very rare that we have people that, you know, come up on stage at first. It's a very shy culture in the product management space. I don't fully uh, want to make people uncomfortable. So just leaving it room for room. But while we're waiting for people to come up on, I believe we have one hand raised now for bringing you up on stage. If we do fail to get some folks up on stage, I do have some questions that I think we can bring in terms of moderation. But before we do that, I do see someone on stage. Arins, I love the shirt. The stage is yours. What is your question? How can we help? All right. Good day. Good evening. I'm Arinze from Nigeria. Thank you very much for all of the insights you've shared so far, um, especially Matthew and Jeff. I joined in late, but then I really enjoyed all of the insights you shared, Matthew. Thank you very much. All right. So I have this question. Right. I'm currently leading a theme, right? I'm right here in Nigeria. We are building a startup product and I have to serve as the product manager. Okay. So I just transitioned into product management. Prior to that time, I work more as a data analyst. I write Python codes, analyze data sets and trying to build that product. I, I had to learn so many skills in order to get our MVP running without um, having to incur the cost of multiple um, talents, you know, as a startup that hasn't started get, getting revenue. So, so far, I we've gotten the product so far, all of the random learnings and all, without any formal learning of product management frameworks and techniques. I, I want to know how, uh, is this a very, is this something that's very rare? Uh, does it happen very regularly? And what, what would you like us say to someone in that position going forward? I mean, we've been able to pull through so far because I do understand a lot of technology stacks from front-end and front-end development to back-end development and how most of these things work together. So I just come from this intuitive perspective, trying to put things together, but without any formal product management learning part, just leading the team and getting the products out there, serving in a product management position. That's a really good question. And I saw, Marty, you uh, unmuted yourself. Did you want to jump in and help? Yeah, sorry, I left the room. I had to get back in. Uh, but yeah, so your question, I think you can correct me if I heard it wrong, was, you know, you're coming from a data analyst background. You have, a, you know, we talk about three constraints. It's always money, time, um, and quality. It looks like your constraints are money. So that means you, you have time to create something that's high quality. And you're saying that you didn't use a whole lot of formalized things. And you're wondering if that's okay and is this normal, right? Yeah. So is it okay? Yes and no. Is it normal? Absolutely. So got a short name for that, bootstrapping. And so there's nothing wrong with bootstrapping. You know, today we have a lot of formalized product processes and frameworks for things, but most people don't work on zero to ones. You know, you work on a zero to one maybe within the concept of a, a company that already exists, but a lot of times people don't do true, true, like zero to ones. And so, and when you are doing it, a lot of times you aren't doing the frameworks, right? You're going a million miles an hour, right? One of those key tenants, either quality time or the actual product itself, you know, whatever it is, is causing quality time, money, I'm sorry, money, or is causing it to you to go at some point of scale and very fast. There's nothing wrong with it. The thing is, though, a lot of times after you get that first MVP out of the door, that's a great time to stop, to breathe, and then try to retro, work with the teams, whatever, and get into a place of process because process ultimately helps you scale. When you're going a million miles an hour and nobody really knows, people can't always help. So once you get that MVP done, I would definitely tell you to just start looking to some of those frameworks for prioritization and the discipline of product, right? But it's nothing wrong with where you are right now and how you got there, right? You got something working, you did it the best you could. That is still very much so product management. Thank you very much. Thank you. Going forward, what would be your probably best advice going forward? Yeah, so really simple. Once that MVP is out of the door, just stop for a second. Stop. It's a great time to talk to your stakeholders, so whoever helps you, the engineering team, design, whoever, and start to talk about what works well and what didn't. And then start to think about different processes you can put in place to make things smoother. And then from the actual product perspective, right, you got to measure stuff. You got to see, you know, you have to start to check and see if you got product fit to think about how you need to iterate. Need to be reviewing lots and lots and lots of different data pieces, right? But those would be the, the next step. So a bit on the people and process side, and then as an actual product manager, you know, you want to start to to look at your MVP and and start to check whatever you're you're optimizing for, whether that's adoption, engagement, whatever the case may be, to see if you're meeting your expectation. 
Well, Marty and Arinze, thank you so much for that question. It's great to see bootstrapping is still reality and an accepted behavior. And Arinze, I wish you the best of luck if you want to come into the Slack channel and dig for secrets on how to balance that. Please join it and hit me up. And we also have another question on stage, a product manager from Morgan Stanley. I have to say, whatever jacket you're wearing, I want to get because it's cool up here in the Northwest. But Tan May, hopefully I said that correctly, the stage is yours. What is your question? How can we help? Thanks, Red. It's a Columbia jacket, and I got this picture in Iceland when I was visiting a couple of years back. All right. So, hey, guys. First of all, you have been giving really great content. And uh, Red, thank you so much for motivating everyone to join this podium to ask questions. So a little bit about me. I am a product manager, digital product, product manager at Morgan Stanley. Prior to taking this role, I have worked as a software engineer, data analyst, then business analyst. And finally, via mentorship, I could get into this role. So as we know that there are like there are several different types of roles within product management. It could be API product manager, growth product manager, or enterprise product manager. And there are thousands of us who are trying to break into that. So it's very interesting that suppose I'm an aspiring, say, growth product manager, but I don't really have that skill set. Definitely getting some expertise from who are already in that role is super helpful. But how would you recommend someone like us who are trying to break into that different roles horizontally to start that conversation and then keep on follow up and then make that conversation interesting for the mentors as well? So you are definitely learning out of out, out of that conversation, number one. But uh, you're not really boring the mentors as well as you feel that their time which they are investing on in you is valid as well. I think uh, if you're cool with this, Carol, especially because you're hiring and you're looking at individuals that have potentially made this crossover horizontally, what's your thoughts on this question? And if you need more clarity, it's okay. You can ask Tanmay for more. (laughs) Yeah, so let me try to repeat the question or try to understand it. What I think the question is for people who are trying to break into product management, but they don't necessarily have product management experience already how can they leverage a mentor to get the experience and then eventually be qualified for a job? Is that the question? I think the step next to that, so suppose someone is already in the product management. Take my example. I am a digital product manager at Mongolstanley. Suppose I'm, I want to break into growth product management role. So how would I initiate that conversation and then keep on learning from a mentor? So you're changing verticals within the product management space? Yep. Got it. You know, I it was funny. I had this conversation today with a product person. For me, I think product management is more about being a product manager and knowing how to work with engineers and knowing how to work with the stakeholders and knowing how to get the job done and managing the process than it is of knowing a vertical really well. So whenever I'm hiring for people, I'm less interested in whether or not they've worked in healthcare before. And I'm more interested in how well they know product management, how well they understand whether or not they have a growth mindset and what their background is in just like how diverse their background is. Can they do really good math? Can they think through design? Can they do public speaking? These sorts of things. So I think of more of the foundational skills. But whenever you're going between verticals, if you're leveraging a mentor, One thing that could help is either having them share reading with you or if they're in your organization and it's appropriate, asking for side projects. So I've seen in different organizations where someone's trying to get into a department or change verticals where they can get permission from their manager to spend 10 to 20% of their time working on this special side project. And the side project might open the door to a part of the career that they hadn't really... It just gives you the relevant exposure and experience. If I could chime into that, I think there's also, in terms of wanting to shift into something new, there is a bit of a difference between a mentor and a sponsor. And it sounds a little bit to me like you need a sponsor. And a sponsor being someone that's a little bit more senior in an organization who can help you spot the strengths and the weaknesses that you could bring into, say, that group product manager position. And then that sponsor could then help you with your mentors get into a stretch assignment that gets you closer and closer to being the right candidate for the next vertical. Uh, yeah, I had wanted to chime in on this too. You had a good question, Tanmay, but I'd say what's important to know is your second product role is actually the hardest one to get. Because on the first product role, right, someone's willing to teach you on the second one, they're hiring you specifically 
for your knowledge of the discipline of product, to Carol's point, because a good product manager should be able to solve any problem. That's why when you go up for like a defang interview, none of the companies ask you for your background. They don't ask you what products you worked on. You know, a recruiter might ask, but when you get into the actual process, no one asks you because it doesn't matter. Because when you get further in your career, you should be able to solve any problem as a product person. And it shouldn't be discipline specific. So if it seemed like a little bit in your question, you were kind of going towards, you know, all the different types of product. To be perfectly honest, with the exception of technical product management, whether you're going functional consumer enterprise, you should be able to reasonably do it. And that's what makes the second job harder to get to. So and Wade, I saw you come off mute there. You also wanted to add to that? Yeah, this is all great advice you gotten. But yeah, I know you were honing in on a particular type, a growth type in particular. But like the reality is I work in all the different types. Yeah, I'm partial to zero to one type stuff, but I've, I've had to do mobile. I've had to work on APIs. I've had to do uh, you know, growth things at scale. So it's like trying to find a mentor that's self-aware enough that has stayed in one of those narrow spaces. I mean, maybe a larger company you can find that. But there's an opening question for you. Hey, which site do you kind of consider yourself or do you prefer? And that's a way you can kind of feel that out. But the reality is like you're operating in three different types at any given time, in my experience. So Tenme, it sounds like being a chameleon is one thing. And uh, hopefully the advice here on stage was helpful for you. Also, I want to point out, and maybe you've noticed this, every single time someone's come on stage to ask a question, the overall tactical empathy that is being displayed by these product managers is inspirational. Every one of you tries to label correctly what you heard. And I think that's just incredible inspiration. So if anyone wants a piece of mentorship advice, it's get to that level when you meet with your mentor and make sure you're using your time wisely. So a little high five claps to that one in general. Thank you so much. Uh, that's quite an honor. But um, yeah, it's called active listening. Google it. <laughs> There's books on it. <laughs> well, my wife tells me to do that better. That's why she's my best mentor, as we said earlier. Okay, so we have one more question, Tame. Thank you again for coming up on stage. Dave, you're going to close out our question and answer session what question do you have? And uh, being a data evangelist, I'm not sure if you're a product manager, but it, your background is very important. What's the context? What's the question? How can we help? Hey, everyone. Yeah, it's cool discussion. I just joined recently. So yeah, so my background right now is customer engineering. So I work with clients, but I'm on the tech side. So I work with you know big data companies. So like architecture, cloud, that type of thing. So I spent a fairly decent amount on LinkedIn and a trend that I've noticed with like product management roles, at least at like the fairly bigger companies, are you either break in, especially since it's like a newer role, you either break in, if you look at like the directors of those companies, they either had experience at smaller companies in product and then transition into the bigger companies, or they come from like a niche. So my question basically is, is like, how important is knowing a specific field like knowing it well, like you could even like extrapolate that out to be like coming from software in general to be a niche or just a niche in a specific area. But how important is having a niche in product? I'm going to jump in. Go for it. <laughs> Dave, as someone who is running an inclusive product management accelerator, I tell you, your background doesn't matter. <laughs> what is more important is, I think that's a big mistake people make is focusing too much on that. The only way it benefits you, and this is advice that I give people all the time, is when you're looking for your first role, you said today you're going to work in architecture, clouds or whatever. Let's say you worked in, in sales, right? And you were trying to switch over to product. Having your discipline that you came from be sales, it's easy to get openings in on a, the software that a salesperson uses, right? Whether that be Salesforce, HubSpot, whatever, right? Because you actually have a bit of subject matter expertise having used the software. And so then you do the work to learn the discipline, right, of product, right? And that's always going to be my answer. Once you have the discipline of product, you can li literally be any type of product manager. There's nothing stopping you, technical, whatever, like you can do it all. And so that would be the big thing. That's the only time where I feel like it matters because there's not like a, a prescribed background. I'm sure if we went around and we talked about the backgrounds of everyone in this call, everyone would have something different. My personal one was consulting and sales. That worked for me. For somebody else, it could be something completely different. Yeah, you know, like my position I'm in now, I'm working for an esports company. I worked there for a year and a half. It was an exciting opportunity. You know, I casually know about video games. My kids, you know, play some tournaments and stuff, but they, they need product. They need product thinking. They have 
subject matter experts that work there, but the product thinking is what I bring to it and looking you know, at an emerging and uh, new area and models and customer experiences. So it's not you know absolutely necessary. There are times where it's like just, for example, like medical billing or something like that, where it does give you a leg up to know about that industry, you know, e-commerce, another one, but you don't absolutely have to. And I'll give you, uh, everybody in the room, a tip. Like we need experienced people working in software development that are ready to transition to product or have a couple of years experience product in Houston. We have, we have our on-ramp is very nascent here in Houston. I'm, I'm trying to work with the community to build that. But all of a sudden, all these larger companies have realized, oh, we've been kind of had our head in the sand with product management and we need a senior and director and experienced product managers here in Houston. So check Houston out on your next LinkedIn job search. All right. And all wait, right. if you and need some you... first-time product managers, again, Marty and I and the University of Washington, we've created the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. We're trying to get 100 early career, mid-career professionals, people like Dave uh, who are sw- maybe switching roles. And these are individuals from historically marginalized communities ready to bring an inclusive mindset and an inclusive lens to the way they develop products. So we could send them your way, Wade, if you want to get access to that group. So it is time for concluding thoughts. We had a wonderful conversation. Thank you to our panelists. I want to start with Carol. Any concluding thoughts on the topic of mentorship and any uh, bullet points that you'd like to leave people with? I guess the main concluding thought I have in mentorship is it's really important to have a mentor, especially early on in your career. And it's important to find someone that is similar enough to you that they can give you advice that you relate to. And at least for me, another mentor that made a big difference for me was someone who had a completely different background, a different training and background, different studies. She wasn't as technical as I was, but she had a great rapport within the company and a lot of gravitas within the company. And she was able to see how I was behaving, what was going well and what was going poorly for me in meetings. And the feedback she gave me really helped me advance in my career. And so if you can find someone who's willing to spend the time with you to give you feedback, it can be absolutely transformational. And in order to find that person, I really recommend being very specific about what you think they can help you with and giving a specific amount of time in that commitment. I'll focus on that pitch. I think that pitch to find a mentor is a really solid way to get good mentorship relationships start. All right. Thank you, Carol. And thanks for giving good examples and a specific framework for that pitch to get a mentor. If you missed it and you're listening now, download How to Succeed in Product Management on your favorite podcasting app and I would re-listen to that early part of the conversation where Carol, Anna Maria, and Wade were were giving some fantastic insights about getting a mentor. I'd put them on loop until you you (laughs) were able to write those emails and get that mentor that could shape your future. Anna Maria, we talked a lot lot of things today about mentorship. What do you hope somebody takes away from the conversation and any bullet points you want to leave? Yeah. So from the other perspective about, you know, having a mentor, I think it's also critical to be a mentor, not only does it feel really fulfilling, but in sharing, ideating, and also kind of troubleshooting through problems with another person, I feel like it's really easy for us to go back to the fundamentals that we may have learned in the beginning that may be just like given or known to our everyday how we do our work. But in slowing down and taking the time to communicate them with another person, it might provide a different perspective and also enhance how you're performing at your job. That's it. All right. Thank you. And before I get to Wade, I've got to give my shout out before it's too late to Saranch Jane, volunteer who's just been so selfless. He's the reason we have the Product Management Center Slack channel that Red is so excited about. And he's helped us launch quite a few initiatives. And he took a bunch of notes today. So in case you missed some of the things that were said, you could find it on the Product Management Center Slack channel. Saranch, why are you so generous with your time? And why are you constantly finding new ways to innovate and bring the community together with the Product Management Center? Hey, uh, thank you, Professor. So, uh, hey, folks, I recently graduated from the University of Washington. There's a program here called Tech Entrepreneurship Certificate at the Forster School of Business, and that really got me into product management. And a few months ago, we had this inclusive product management summit. Professor Jeff was at, he, he hosted it. And that, when I, when I got involved in that summit, it really helped me understand a lot about product management. And more than that, I was really happy to have this 
community of aspiring product managers along with whom I could struggle and that really got me going. So when we started the Slack, when I got involved in the LinkedIn as well, it really helped me become a better product manager at at some levels. I started thinking more about uh, things such as metrics. I started learning more about the OKRs and pricing and this really changed a lot of my uh, perspective. And I think that is really very important for early product managers. If there's an aspiring product manager out there, I would suggest you get involved in the community as well. It is a very fulfilling, uh, very fulfilling and, you know, it is really rewarding this community in itself. So yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you, Saranch. And thank you for being a superstar volunteer. I really appreciate it. And then Wade, I want to give you a chance to concluding thoughts and also plug the community that you, Ana Maria and Carol have built down there. Yeah, I definitely uh, you know, encourage people to take the chance and accept a mentee when people reach out to you. Uh, remember, do the soft sell if you're reaching out to someone. You can always say no. And you know, I always do, Marty said, you know, like I have a day job too, right? One way that I kind of weed people out is, or gauge their seriousness is, um, look, I can only talk nights and weekends. Would you be free Saturday? And if they're not willing to talk to me on the Saturday, it's it's a hard no for me from that point on. So a little tip there. I think waypoint is um, one of the big things about mentorship is helping people identify their blind spots. What you also get out of it as a mentor is identifying your own blind spots because oftentimes they'll ask questions that hadn't been on your radar and you're like, oh, that's not a product management thing. And then you look into it or ask other people about it. It's like, oh, that is a product manager thing. you know. And yeah, the great thing with the relationships that you build is that you have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And like, say, hey, I'm running into this. Have you have you ever run into this? You talk to anybody who's having this type of problem. So it's that, you know, it's blind spots. Also, I'll throw one other thing. Imposter syndrome tends to go with the job. And uh, Carol and I have kidded about this a couple of times. It's like, oh, I'm finally over the, you know, the imposter syndrome stage. But what, you know, what you realize is the stakes get bigger and bigger as you go along. You have to learn newer and newer things. And you have to be involved in so many disciplines as a product manager. And it's great to have that person to call and talk to is like, hey, I need to talk to somebody. So, All right. Thank you, Wade. Appreciate you you being here. Appreciate the concluding thoughts and appreciate all of our panelists today. And I want to give space to Marty, who uh, impromptu hopped on here before our opening night, so to speak, of the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. Marty, do you have anything that you want to conclude with or any bullet points you hope people take away with from this conversation? Yeah, my big thing is just there's no cookie cutter version of what product managers look like. There's not a right or wrong way to be a PM. You know, once you get into the space, it's all about learning the craft and the discipline of product. And once you've learned that, this career can take you wherever you want to go. All right. Thanks for popping up on stage. And then Red, close us out. What are your concluding thoughts today? If you have somebody that you would love to mentor you or you would like to help out, It's all about giving and just being transparent about what your intentions are. So I did reference earlier that it was like dating. That's not the case. This is a a whole different level. But just don't forget, being transparent is key uh, and sharing what your intentions are. And if they say no, that's life. There's always other people out there in the sea who want to help mentor you or be mentored by you. So I thought that would be a nice little closer here, Jeff. Just make everyone feel okay. I thought you were going to plug the Slack channel and give Chris Chestnut props for uh, dropping some valuable insights in there. Well, you know what? I want to create some exclusivity for those who are in the Slack. But yes, Chris, thank you. Anyone else here is having a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out. The Slack channel is filled with incredible tidbits that if only you were in there, you would know. And again, Jeff, this would not have been possible without you. So letting you really share what your final concluding thoughts are, because without you, the product management center would not even exist. So back to you, Jeff. You're too kind, Red. It's uh, great to have Red back. The only thing I want to conclude with is I think everybody, Carol, Anna Maria, Wade, Saranch, Marty, Red, everybody said it. Mentorships are a two-way street. They're very rewarding on both sides. And it's about finding the right fit and and trying your best to add value and also trying the best to realize that you have value. As Marty was saying, wherever you are in your product management journey, your perspective and your view has value. Keep that in mind as you're trying to find the right fit. 
The concluding thoughts I want to leave with about the Product Management Center is that we are a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. We've got all the resources here at the University of Washington, but we're leveraging them to help everybody. We want to enrich the lives of diverse product leaders, and we want to empower diverse product managers to develop innovations that are inclusive to diverse audiences. We've got a lot of programming more than I could put into one podcast here, but follow us on LinkedIn, join the Product Management Center Slack channel. And yeah, I don't even know. I guess I got to give a shout out to Starbucks again for helping us with the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. And Anna Maria, Carol, and Wade, since you've talked about mentorship, I hope that I could uh, connect you with some of the individuals in this amazing Inclusive Product Management Accelerator and you can give them some career strategy advice or maybe mock interview them or maybe just connect them to somebody who could hire them. Yeah, we'd love to. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time here today. This was a really valuable conversation. A lot of fun getting together with all of you. And I hope the product community in Houston, I hope it continues to thrive through your efforts. And uh, I hope people down in Houston who are listening will join that group. Do one of you want to give a quick plug as to how they can get involved in that group or where they could find it? Yeah, sure. Just uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. There's only one other Wade Pinder in the world, so it should be pretty easy to find. All right. You could find the one and only Wade Pinder. And if you're in Houston, join that community. And for everybody else, come back next week. Red and I are here every week, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time with How to Succeed in Product Management. And if you missed some of it, download How to Succeed in Product Management on your favorite podcasting app. And give it a five-star review if you have a chance. Help others find this. And then volunteer. Come on back and be a guest on it one of these days. So next week, we have an exciting conversation with some product executives, I believe from Peloton and from Sonos. And every week, we're going to have a good time here and help uh, everybody level up together. So Red, any concluding, concluding thoughts before we (laughs) click end on the room? It's so hard to say goodbye. (laughs) Jeff, I know you have to struggle, but just know we are almost at a thousand Slack channel members for product managers. We're this close. So That's been Red's goal for a couple of weeks now. So awesome. All right, Carol, Anna Maria, Wade, thank you so much. Anything else you want to say to each other before we all go our respective ways? I'm very appreciative of your time tonight. I'm going to see if we can uh, throw you over a thousand there, Red. (laughs) (laughs) One thousand. Here we come. Go, Wade, go. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a great night.